Hello, welcome back to Tabu. My name's Katrina. I'm uh, back again. Uh, this time we're joined by Harry Doug and Mal's very special guest, Magnus Duke Dudzi. Uh, would you guys like to introduce yourself? Um, hi, my name is Harry Doug. I'm Business Development Manager at Tab. And I'm Magnus Duke Dudzi. I'm the Executive Director for the Finance Company. Uh, this episode is going to be on mortgages for first-time buyers. Uh, Magnus, our special guest, uh, would you like to give us a little bit of info about the finance company before we start? Yes, i um, happily do so. So the finance company is a brokerage. Um, it launched in September uh, 2021, last year. So um, basically, experience-wise, we go back at least 35 years in total. And we are regulated by the finance, uh, Financial uh, Conduct Authority. We cover the whole of market in terms of mortgages and property development, anything that goes with property finance. Perfect. So you're well suited to help me out today. Uh, we'll kick things off with the first question, which is, what is a mortgage broker? <laughs> okay, so a mortgage broker basically sort of um, is a representative, you know, um, on behalf of anybody looking for a, prop, a property finance. So basically sort of um, we act between yourself, the buyer and the lenders out there. So we do our best to look for the best prop, uh, best you know, finance package for you by asking a few questions, you know. Yeah, and when I'm looking to get a mortgage and I'm choosing my mortgage broker, what things should I be looking out for to know that they're well suited for me or they're the right person to go for? Because, you know, there's a lot on the market so it's kind of how do i know that your magnus are the best <laughs> <laughs> well i'm the best <laughs> yeah but uh, basically sort of um the first thing to do will be to check out the mortgage broker themselves or the company they work for most of us would be registered with the finance uh, financial conduct authority uh, that is basically the regulatory arm for the finance uh, finance business so in effect uh, the most important thing is to check out um you may find reviews on people, so at least you know where you're going is sound or not. And um, it's just a case of doing a little bit more research on that person. You may want to speak to two or three other brokers and then decide on whichever one you want or whichever one you trust most. What does it mean if they're not registered with so, the Financial Conduct Authority? Okay, so that means they can only conduct non-regulated business. Okay. Non-regulated business is uh, properties or finance where you're not going to be living in. Investment um, properties. Investment properties. Um, nothing to do with um, you living in or any member of your family living in. So it has to be investment property. And what are the benefits of using a mortgage broker rather than me doing it myself? Um, several, to be honest with you. Um, first of all, money saving. Yeah. Um, you, you remember I mentioned we cover the whole of market. So that's the best thing about it. So we will do quite a lot of research, you know, from completing a fact find with yourself. A fact find is basically information gathering to find out what really uh, ticks your boxes. And once we've done that, we come out with uh, perhaps two or three options for you. Basically, it's not just about money saving, but it's looking at your long-term goals and making sure everything that we advise you to do is what meets you know, sort of, um, your, your, your long-term um, goals, basically. And kind of quickly on the mortgage broker side, and rolling on the back of yours, Harry, as a if I'm a first time buyer and I'm looking for a mortgage, I probably do have to I will have to go for a regulated one. Is that correct? If you're going to be living in, yes. Yeah. Okay. 
So, oh yeah, of course, because you could also be a first-time buyer and not live in it. Correct. But any member of your family could be living in it, yeah. Got you. And what can a mortgage broker do differently to myself? Uh, they, I mean, you kind of touched on that one. They've got kind of the access to all so market, really, isn't it? That's right, yeah. So, I mean, in, in, well, in the past, um, probably before uh, 1984, I believe, October 1984. <laughs> I don't we... know that date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it used to be most, mostly the banks. People used to just go to their banks and say, look, my savings are coming in here or my, my, my income is paid into the bank. How much can I borrow? And it used to be just the banks. So now it is very complex. You know, um, I would say it is complex because you've got so many different variations on the types of mortgages you can have. You know, um, we'll, we'll touch on the types yeah. in, um, in, in a few minutes, but it's a case of, um, it's not, as I say, it's not just about saving money. It's about long-term goals as well. So, uh, yes, we do charge a fee, you know, for <laughs> for doing for doing this for uh, for um, individuals. It yeah. could be companies as well that we we cover mortgages for. But basically, it's a case of making sure that you've got the best on the market, you know. And it's just that. You know, would, would you say there's better products out there than the mainstream lenders or the high street banks, or more tailor fit products for the client? Yes, um, I, I would actually sort of um, um, echo that because the bank the banks are set in their ways, whereas um, you've got other lenders outside of the banking system who are more flexible. Uh, there are quite a few of them that I can name. Banks would typically not entertain um, individuals or companies with not um, such great credit uh, scores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that becomes an important factor. So a mortgage broker, and I'm glad you asked that question, a mortgage broker could actually make the difference between you actually getting your property or securing your property and you being declined by your bank. Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of difference because you would never know why you were declined until you go to a mortgage broker. And, and at some point, it might have been a bit too late. And then that's, that's where you come in with the whole of market. That's right, yes, because whether or not you have good credit, bad credit, or yeah. whatever it is, uh, we, can fix, we, can, we, can, we can fix it for you. How how many lenders do you sort of have on your panel? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> off Lender-wise. the top of your head. Okay, so I mean, well, on our panel, we, we've got um, perhaps over a hundred and ninety. Wow, which is a lot to go yeah. through. But of course, they're all sectioned into different types of lending. You know, but we don't necessarily go um, just on our panel. We go outside of the panel. Yeah. You know, as I say earlier, we do search the whole of market to make sure. If there's somebody on our panel, it really means that we can have preferential rates. So that's why we go within the panel first. And if something doesn't come up for that, we go outside on the panel. Yeah, so. Great. So I guess that kind of covers most things of what actually a mortgage broker is. So we'll move (laughs) on to question number two, which is uh, what are the types of mortgages you can get? Again, so where do we start? Well, put it this way. Um, let's, Let's go with the easiest one. Uh, fixed rates. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about fixed rates. So fixed rates sort of come with clauses. And that's something that you've got to be watching out for if any mortgage broker offers you a fixed rate. So they vary from uh, perhaps two years. Not many people go for a one-year fixed rate. It's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. So um, generally from two years, five years now, actually, some lenders have come out with 10-year fixes. And now there's a couple of lenders I know who've come out with 25-year fixed rate mortgages. Wow. Yeah. So just kind of for our listeners 
thing, a fixed rate mortgage is that the interest rate is fixed. For a period of time, that's right, yes. Okay. Yeah, you remember I mentioned about clause? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so within the fixed rate periods, say you go for a five-year fixed rate, what you've got to watch out for is, all right, so what if I want to move um, in the five years I've fixed my mortgage? Can I port the rate to uh, my next property? Yeah. That's important. Uh, and what if I have a windfall? Can I pay some of that mortgage back? You know, so some lenders would allow you to pay a percentage of what you borrowed within that fixed rate period. And some lenders would also allow you to port that mortgage to, to your next property. So those are the things to watch out for. Others would be like, no, you can't do <laughs> anything until the fixed per, uh, rate period is over. What are the sort of penalties in, I don't know, paying too much of your mortgage back within one year? So um, that's what you call the early repayment charges, okay. which would be um, shortened as ERCs. That's one thing to look out for. So it could well be, it, it comes in percentages depending on the lender. Okay. Uh, so it's more on a sliding scale. So if it's a five-year deal, you might find that in the first year, if you paid off um, a big chunk of your mortgage, you might have to pay 5% of whatever you paid off. And, and, and then 4% and, in the uh, second year. And is that always um, in black and white on your mortgage contract uh, made clear? It is. By, it is. By we, we're all, okay. by law, um, um, because of regulation, Everything has to be made very, very clear from the beginning. And so we mentioned fixed rate. Yeah. What other mortgages are there out there? So then we've got tracker mortgages, you know, tracker rates. So trackers are basically sort of um, rates that track the Bank of England base rate, currently um, at 0.5%. So each lender um, is different. They might put a little bit of um, interest, what well, they will, because they have to make a profit. Hmm. So they will put a little bit of um, percentage on top of the Bank of England base rate. So um, if a lender says, look, our rates are a tracker plus half a percent, mm -hmm. that means in today's money, it will be 1%. So again, that's something to watch out for. So that basically tracks the Bank of England um, rates going. It could go up, it could come down. And again, just for our listeners, mm -hmm. when it goes up, you pay more? When it goes up, unfortunately, yes. And when more. it goes down, you pay oh, everybody people, happy are, people's happy and correct. You know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then you've got discounted rates. Yeah. So discounted rates are similar to um, tracker rates. But with a discount rate, um, it actually is the lender's own internal standard rates. So they could say, look, our rates are, are circa half a percent again, just uh, for ease. And they'll then discount that rate by say a quarter of a percent. So your pay rate will now be quarter of a percent. Mm. And it could be it could be one percent and then they'll discount it by say another quarter. So your pay rate will be 0.75%. But that's based on the lender's internal rating system. Okay. Yeah. And not every lender will do that, I guess. Um every uh, most lenders offer all the types of um, rates available, fixed rates, variable yeah. rates, tracker rates, uh, and all. So it's it, it's all it's all part of um no, it's important to look at which lenders you're dealing with because some of them um, can, well, you've got to look at the, the, the bottom line of the rates, the discounted or variable rate from the lender. That will give you an idea whether or not their rates are going to be high going forward or whether you're going to change, deal with the discount rate initially and then move on to a fixed rate. And, and in terms of the base rate, what is the base rate at the moment? And do you see it going up in the next couple of years, future? Okay, so base rate at the moment is uh, 0.5%. That is set by the Bank of England. Yeah. 
Um, that's normally every two weeks on a Thursday uh, that the, the, the committee meets and uh, comes up with um, whether or not it stays the same or goes up. Um, yes, there is a danger that it might go up. You know, there's been a lot of, um, you know, talk in the press that it's possibly going to go up. Yes, it was happening. There was a lot of talk happening about a month and a half ago that it might go up. And, you know, unfortunately, it did go up. So there's still talk that it might go up. Okay. So to summarise, on the types of mortgages. So, yes, um, we have fixed rates. We have our discounted rates. We have tracker rates. We have um, variable rates. Um, so those are mainly sort of um, the ones um, to look out for. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, leads us nicely on to question number three, which is what type of mortgage is best for the first-time buyer? Okay, so, yeah, <laughs> that depends on uh, indi um, individual circumstances. So um, you've got to look at the person's risk appetite. Uh, by that, I mean, are they risk-averse? Do they want to be secure in the next, let's say, two years, five years? It might depend on their job. They might be up for promotion, you know, and looking forward to, like, um, high income. So in that case, you might just say to the person, look, if you're looking for promotion and you're not looking at necessarily moving out of town, it might be best going for maybe a two, maybe a five-year fixed rate. But most importantly, whichever one of those you choose, make sure it's portable. Yeah, because that's that's one of the mm -hmm. things. At least you know that, let's say you borrowed 100000 on this on this first property and the rate was fixed, let's say, um, 1%. Mm -hmm. You know when you go to your next property, which could be in two or three years' time, you might be uh, borrowing 200000 but at least you know that the first 100000 was already fixed. And therefore, the next 100000 you're borrowing, in addition to the uh, existing, mm -hmm. will be at a slightly different rate, possibly, if rates have changed. You might get you at the same rate as you had your previous one. So that is a thing to watch out for, for first time buyer if you go for a, um, a fixed rate. If you're, um, if you're not risk-averse... Mm -hmm. Then of course you can you can go for a tracker mortgage, but not in this kind of climate. That much I can always say to um, any first time buyer: go for a fixed. At least you know where you stand. Yeah. Uh, um, not many people. Well, we uh, nobody knows much about what the employment situation is going to be like. So we have to be get very careful on that. But yeah, ideally I'll say um, for any first time buyer, ideally a fixed rate. Mm hmm. And kind of how long does it take to get a mortgage? Again, it varies from lender to lender. Um, yeah. And it depends on the lender's um, workflow. But I'll say typically from finding a property mm. to moving in, um, give yourself perhaps eight weeks, maybe 12. Normally we say 12, but mm -hmm. um, in this day and age with all the technical abilities that we all have, it could possibly uh, go down to eight. I can actually um, jump in on that. I recently just got a, a property and it took us six months to get the mortgage. It was nothing to do with the mortgage advisor, nothing to do with the lender. There was issues on the land reg. So in, in terms of time scale, there's other factors that may come into it. Correct. You're, you're right, actually. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, there are factors that can come into it. Um, again, if you're buying through an agent, um, of course, you're going to use solicitors uh, yeah. to do your legal work for you. So the solicitors in the first instance would have checked out your title register and other things that may affect your purchase. Yeah. So I'm really surprised that uh, that didn't come up, you know, initially, because that's the first thing that the solicitor will do. I remember myself, I was buying a property some time ago, uh, probably about three years ago, 
And unbeknownst to me, the person selling the property to me had only just bought it four weeks oh. before then. Oh, wow. Yes. And that is something that not many lenders will entertain. I didn't know this. So it was my solicitor that uh, brought it to my attention. No, did you realize you only bought it four weeks ago? It was making a huge profit. But <laughs> yeah, that is, that is part of um, the world we live in. Yeah, so a solicitor brought it up to my attention. And because I'm into mortgages, I got to know that not every lender will accept that. Yeah. So I had yeah. to do my research and see who would accept that. And uh, so I'm looking for a mortgage. I found my broker. How far in advance do I need to know who my broker is before I apply for the mortgage? Is it like on top of the 12 weeks or is that 12 weeks on average right. encompassing the time to f on board with the broker and everything else that comes? Yeah, I ideally you need to do your homework first before even committing yourself to a property. So yes, um, on top of the 12 weeks. So um, if you, so long as, once you've decided that you're going to look for property or you want to buy a property, I'll say that's when you, that the homework starts. Yeah. That's when you uh, start looking out for brokers, either within your area where you live or local to where you work. Because then, of course, um, access. Face-to-face -face meetings are important, I find, because um, it's not like I'm hiding behind a computer mm -hmm. just giving you gibberish and all that. So it's important. I like to do a lot of face-to-face -face meetings because it gives that borrower a lot of confidence as in whom they're dealing with. Yeah, so, yeah, I would say... You need to do your homework before committing yourself to a property. And what kind of things should I look out for when I'm searching for a mortgage? I guess, yeah, I mean, let's. I've, I don't have a mortgage, so help me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so there are, there are different costs um, in terms of looking for the mortgage. So I, I touched on solicitors. So there will be solicitors' fees. There will be a valuation fee. And in terms of valuations, um, there are three types of valuations when most people are buying a property. Yeah. There's um, the basic valuation, which gives you possibly about two or three pages of information. Uh, and then you've got the home buyer's report, which is a little bit detailed, possibly about 12 pages. And then you've got a structural report, you know, which is a lot more detailed. Yeah. But, um, typically, if the house has been built in the last, say, if it's a new build, um, it would come with um, some sort of warranty. So... A normal mortgage uh, valuation, standard variable, standard mortgage will be um, valuation will be okay. Um, to go for a home buyer's report, typically, if the house is semi-detached or detached, or has been, or you feel that there's something maybe not right, you might want to do a home buyer's report, which will be a little bit more detailed. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, I would always say, if it's a very very old property, or again you have suspicions about certain things about the property you might go for a structural uh, report. Having said all of that, you can go for a standard uh, valuation, and if there's anything that comes up on the standard valuation, which your normal valuer will mention or touch on, yeah, then you go into the next report and find out a little bit more uh, detailed information. And uh, kind of while we're on the kind of types of mortgages available, what if I am getting a mortgage with a partner? How do joint mortgages work? Um, what happens if I was to sadly split up with hypothetical partner? <laughs> Kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, how, yeah, explain. Okay, so yeah, uh, generally, um, both borrowers' income and you know our general um, credit criteria will be taken into account. So that's got to be borne in mind. You know, you might want to find out a little bit more about your partner before you go into it because remember I just say uh, the difference between a mortgage broker and going direct to the bank may be the refusal 
Uh, or you get in that property. So, yes, it's important to know a little bit more about your partner's credit and history. It's not just about credit. It's about criminal history as well. All of these things come into play. So, so long as you, uh, you know about that, then that's fine. Again, um, lenders will take into account both salaries. You know, you either work, both working or not, it doesn't matter. Um, some lenders will use, I mean, mostly these days, you're looking at about 4.75, maybe five times your joint incomes. Some will be slightly less, depending on your occupation as well. Mm-hmm. If you're professional, uh, these days, I notice um, some lenders are offering, um, say, six times income for NHS workers. Wow. wow. Yes. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of things going on. Hence, you need a mortgage worker because yeah. we could research and give you the best possible uh, deal. Yeah, so uh, going back to the partner situation, all of these little things um, make all that difference. But coming on to the negative side of splitting up, um, whether it's marriage and you go and you divorce, that's one thing. But again, there's a legal, you can either go for what you call a joint mortgage or or um, uh, um, mortgage in common. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, the actual phrase escapes me right now. But basically it means that when you go your separate ways, should there be a negative equity? For example, if property prices drop, that's yeah. what we call negative equity. Yeah. So say you borrowed 100000 and now you split up. Your mortgage was ninety k or ninety thousand. Mm-hmm. The property is now worth eighty five thousand. You got five thousand pounds shortfall. Yeah. Both yourself and your partner would have to bear that in mind. Be liable yeah. for it. That's right. Yes. Fine. Yeah. So again, one of you might decide to buy the other person out. So in effect, you go to the mortgage lender and say, "Look, my partner and I've gone separate ways. Can I take over the mortgage?" Again, the mortgage lender will look at your personal income. Mm-hmm. Say, "Well, you can't afford it on your own. You need your partner." You know, so yeah. that becomes a tug of war that forces you to sell the property mm-hmm. or your partner may say, look, okay, I'm going to remain on there, but we have to draw up a separate legal document, you know, um, that have no financial interest, you know, should a property price go up because you'll be taking care of all the bits and pieces going forward. So there are little bits and pieces that can come into play. Again, um, these are unforeseen, but yeah. these things do happen. And I guess when I'm applying for a joint mortgage a broker would help me explain you'd obviously sit down explain the kind of pros and cons and you know as you say it was yeah. is it in black and white the same way everything else we, yes yeah. uh, it's our job to do that yeah and your solicitors will also advise you again in terms of um 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 a mortgage in common or joint mortgage yeah. so basically with a joint mortgage it means um again apart from divorce one partner may pass you never know yeah. if that happens if you have a, a joint mortgage, it means the property automatically reverts to your partner. You know, and if you have, if your mortgage, if your um, if your common uh, mor- uh, if you hold a mortgage in common, it means if one party passes, hopefully the, um, each partner would have had a will. Mm-hmm. It means the other uh, the the uh, surviving partner's part of the uh, mortgage or or the profit will go to their family or whoever they in, uh, indicate that they want to take over. Would you ever suggest to either applicant to get independent legal advice? It's ideal. If, if the case is unique. It's ideal to have independent legal advice, yes. you know. Um, but then again, you've also be, got to be careful how you phrase these things. Because, of course. Yes. Um, um, again, it's down, for, it's down to the solicitors. You know, once they see how complicated um, each partnership is, they'll then advise you as to, look, we can do this, or you need to seek independent legal advice.
Cool. Well, yeah, not buying a house, <laughs> not getting a joint mortgage. So, <laughs> well, help you get the, the property that you really want. Yeah. Um, so, moving on to question number four: uh, What information do I need to supply when applying for a mortgage? Um, any decent mortgage broker would ask you to get your credit report up front, mm -hmm. so at least they can see exactly what's going on um, in your finances and your financial uh, position. Basically, so that is one thing. Which, um, which credit reference agencies are they? Which I, okay, are we, yeah. If I needed to get a report. Yeah, so there are um, the two most known, which are Equifax and Experian. Yeah. And then there's a third, which I prefer for people to use, which is called Check My File. Uh, basically, Check My File covers both Experian and Equifax. But you'd have to pay a, pre um, a premium. Okay. It's free for the first 30 days. Then you have to pay a premium of I think it's £13.99 in goes on as you go along after the one-month free trial. But you've got to remember to cancel that mm. um, yeah, uh, that subscription after 30 days because it's automatically renewed. If you don't use it. <laughs> exactly, of course, yeah. Of course. But then the thing is, um, you're probably not going to want to use it constantly. Once once you've had it for the first, for your purpose of getting a mortgage, you probably check yourself maybe once a year to see that mm -hmm. everything is um, as it should be. Because unfortunately... Um, there could be, um, you know, entries on that credit report that you don't even have a clue about that you'd have to want to um, investigate. So it's yeah. important to possibly, you know, see. You might get turned off for a credit card at some point and you don't know why. You know, so this is why you might need that credit report. But of course, making sure your bank statements are up to date. Most, most lenders would ask for your last three months bank statements. Mm -hmm. And if you're employed, usually most uh, the last three months um, pay slips. Um, if you're self-employed, possibly uh, the last year's SA302 or accounts, you know, profit and loss accounts. Mm -hmm. So those are the three, uh, those are the main things uh, to basically, well, ID, um, <laughs> passport or driver's license. Not not everybody travels, therefore nobody has a passport. Yeah. Nobody drives, so therefore not everybody has a driver's license. Either of the two is normally acceptable, you know, um, and for proof of address, um, bills. Yeah. And, you know, talking about first-time buyers, very unlikely to have bills. The only mm. bill you might have would be your mobile phone bill. Mm. Unfortunately, lenders do not accept mobile phone oh, really? bills as proof of address. Um, possibly, again, driver's license, if you do drive or yeah. have, um, you know, um, being on the voter's register is important. You know, it does help the credit score. Mm -hmm. um, your bank statements would be what would be, uh, would be required as a proof of address proof. if you're a first-time buyer you don't drive yeah. um, or anything like that. Yeah, And... I guess we've mentioned credit score, you know, what is that? What impacts it? How can I change it? Does looking at it, you know, some, I guess we can do a bit of myth busting here maybe. Um, if I go and look at my credit score, does that damage my credit score? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, basically, um, credit score for people who do not know what a credit search is, is uh, basically sort of a credit reference agency who takes note of every single move you make in terms of your finances, opening up a bank account, taking out credit cards, your spending um, lifestyle. Um, if you miss payments, all of this will be noted on the credit report. You know, that's what basically adds up to your credit score. So each agency has their own internal credit score. You know, they're all very, very different. Yeah. Again, each lender has their own internal credit score. So having a low credit score on um, any one of these doesn't mean can't get a mortgage because not every lender utilizes credit scoring. 
because they look at some lenders will look at the information and say we like this guy mm-hmm. or we like this girl and you know basically yeah, we don't think there's anything wrong with it and that's it so you know, so you're saying there's lenders out there which will look won't look at credit score but will take your circumstances into consideration yes it could be a combination of both or none at all and this is why you come into play when it's important you can go to the whole of market correct to these specialist lenders correct yes right. yeah so this um the credit score basically sort of um does play a big role for mostly the high street banks mm-hmm. yeah as i said earlier um they don't necessarily um not every lender will necessarily use a score on that credit score to bit uh to give you a mortgage they'll look at it and do their own internal credit score mm-hmm. because not everything basically matches what is on there so there are reasons why some people may have a lower score now if you're not taking out credit cards or taking out loans um your credit score may be low yeah yeah and a lender may say well we don't know anything about your mm-hmm. ability to pay therefore it's very very hard for us to you know do this yeah. but then of course they'll look at your bank statement and see actually there's a reason why this person doesn't borrow savings are good they're yeah. constantly mm-hmm. putting away x amount every month that's a reason for us to give them you know a mortgage yeah you can see you are reliable and resourceful and does applying for a mortgage impact my credit score um yes and no some some lenders um call it call what you call um a hard um a hard search and others will be a soft search yeah so um it might appear for others to know that yes you've gone to for example um i'll use the i'll go for the alphabetical or the thing um accord mortgages not many people would have heard of accord you know um it could be anything but yes um it will show that you've actually gone to have a chat or make an inquiry with another lender so the next lender might ask you what went wrong or what happened ah. why didn't you pursue it you know so um knowing one that will do a soft a soft, soft search actually does help yeah yeah not that you're looking to hide any information but it's just to um it's just to make life easier yeah. because things can become awkward you know you don't know why the first person the first lender declined it because they probably wouldn't tell you so all they're going to say to you is um check your credit score yeah go back and check it and it's still the same information you don't know why so yeah um a soft credit search does help but it doesn't necessarily affect you applying for a mortgage cool and then i guess final question is question number five which is how much does it cost to get a mortgage (laughs) (laughs) again it varies from lender to lender and again um some lenders will um, offer to pay for your valuation um so that could be a free valuation others will offer to contribute towards your legal fees again that helps um and then of course you've got your mortgage broker fees you know um again all of this can be built into um well has to be built into the um initial advice yeah so we will go through and tell you perhaps um it depends on the value of the property as well because again you've got to remember you've got stamp duty to consider yeah all of these and there are schemes where um there are incentives from the government where you don't pay stamp duty for first time buyers yeah so these are things to look out for you know what price can i go up to to minimize my stamp duty cost because that is probably the biggest cost uh you've got to be looking out for but apart from that um yeah those four main i'll say will be your, your, your the cost uh, to look out for and do i have to pay a mortgage broker if i don't end up taking a mortgage 
again, um, when we when we when we meet up with um, any potential borrower, yeah. we have to give them a terms of business letter. So you understand from day one what I'm charging you for, and that terms of business will indicate whether or not you pay me, whether the case goes through, or whether there's no charge. Yeah. So that terms of business uh, letter is very very important to ha for you to have a read of, and then discuss it with the mortgage worker. Yeah. Say what if and what uh, what this and that. So it's important. Um. One final question, which I've, um, which I read the article. One of the biggest lenders out there is the bank of mum and dad, <laughs> or the bank of mum or dad. Yeah. Um, could you tell us a bit more? How, what does that mean? Yeah, great phrase, isn't it? Yeah. So, bank of uh, mum and dad is uh, purely and simply um, each individual, be it a first-time buyer. Well, let's concentrate on first-time buyers. Um, asking mum and dad or grand, uh, gra uh, grannies, you know, or granny. Sorry. Yeah. To yes. contribute towards um, the purchase of the property, so basically, I mean, um, ideally, it's a gift, mm -hmm. um, or you have to pay back at some point. You know, uh, usually, I'd be surprised if Bank of Mum and Dad are charging you any interest. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, but usually it's um, free, or usually it's a gift that they would have wanted to give you at some point, okay. and you take it now to utilize to help you buy or get onto the property ladder. So that's basically what it what it means, Bank of Mum and Dad. Okay, yeah, thank you. When you go to your lender. They will ask you the source of deposit, mm -hmm. so it could be a contribution from your own savings as well as part of mum and dad's um, or family a family gifted deposit. Uh, Some banks can be a bit okay. funny um, in terms of where the gift is coming uh, from, and they would ask that person to sign a declaration to say that they have no financial interest in the property. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important. Good. Cool. Uh, any other questions, Lee, Harry? No, thank you. <laughs> that was very helpful. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Magnus and no Harry. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, where can we find you? Oh, okay, so um, the finance company is based in um, Boromwood, uh, 5 The Grain Yard uh, in Boromwood, WD6, 4PH. Come look for me and um, I'll be happy to help you answer any questions or in fact, get you into your first property. And we will leave the website and contact details in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for listening. It's This has been Tab U, uh, First Time Mortgages. This has been Tab U. Uh, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment. And hopefully see you next time. Bye for now.